0: Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The title for today is Don't Judge, But Do Discern. Don't Judge, But Do Discern from Matthew 7, 15 to 20 there. In the USA Today, our our motto is, our mantra for our society, as we've talked about before, is don't judge, don't judge, don't judge, right? But we looked at that back in Matthew 7, 1 to 3, get the podcast or CD for that. We already talked about what Jesus really meant. He's not saying we should never judge or discern. He was saying that we shouldn't judge someone's hearts or motives. Only God can see the heart. Only he can judge the motive. But we're going to see today that we are supposed to judge outward action. We're supposed to discern the fruit of someone's outward action. That's very, very important to do as Christians and as a church. Now, we, last week, once again, if you weren't here last week, get that CD, listen to the podcast, because this is building on it, and, and it will make a lot more sense. Today's sermon will make a lot more sense after you listen to last week, okay? But we talked about warning about false prophets and how to recognize them, how to recognize wolves and sheep's clothing, and Jesus gives a final proof, a diagnostic tool today. Just like CSI, you watch these crime shows and how they try to figure out who did it and, and follow the evidence. Jesus gives the the, the the foolproof tool, a diagnostic diagnostic tool to recognize and discern the truth about false teaching and false teachers. And not just false teachers, but anybody who claims to be a Christian. Are they for real? Are we? Are we for real? Now next week I'm going to focus on that even more because we're having communion and we're going to look at the fruit in our life. We're not just looking at everybody else, but really it comes back to looking at our own life, the fruit in our life. Are we for real? We're going to look at that next week. So this is all kind of building on each step of the way, but, but we're going to look at are, are our are we for real? And we're, but today I want to connect some dots before we get to our, ourselves next week in communion. I want to connect the dots and show the damage that false teachers do and I think some of you are going to be shocked, and uh, I want to encourage you to wait till the sermon's all over with. All right, hear me out before you judge my sermon, <laughs> because I'm going to probably upset just about everybody today, but uh, including myself. But the the listen to the whole thing first, because I'm going to show the damage that false teaching does in our country today. Let's pray first. Father, we thank you for the worship today. We thank you for the mercy and grace that you've brought. So many of us through this week, the many, many trials, especially with the NAG family and the SEALs and so many trials that we don't even see, that we don't even know about that are internal, that people are battling. Lord, we pray for your spirit now to work in our hearts and to touch us and to open our eyes to anything in our life that we need to be able to discern and and be on our guard against. We pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read the whole passage of verses, five verses here. Matthew 7 15 starts off with Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. And we focused on that last week. Once again, get the CD. He goes on to say, Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Recognizing the fruit and discerning. And this is a foolproof test for recognizing false teaching or false Christians and that's the fruit what do we really believe what we really believe is shown is exposed by our actions if you want to know what someone really believes look at what they do that shows what's really in our heart okay and now that the election is over i want to talk about the election i waited a long time because it was such a hot topic and and I want to address the faith of both candidates. So it doesn't matter who, which candidate you are behind, I'm going to hit them both in a, in a way that's going to connect to false teaching, both President Obama and Mr. Romney. And I, and I, I waited till now because I didn't, can't be accused of trying to sway voters because it's all over, or being political because this is not about politics. You see, you say, you say, well, why are you bringing this up? Why are you bringing up President Obama and, and Mitt Romney up in church? Well, the reason I'm bringing it up is because both claim to be Christians. You see, if they didn't claim to be Christian, it would, I would have nothing to do with it. Because, except I might deal with their moral, their moral stances on something. I might deal with that. I would deal with that. But, but if they didn't claim to be Christian, it wouldn't be something that I would talk about in the pulpit. But because they both claim to be Christians, that changes things. Because they claim to be part of the church. And, and it, it concerns the church now. And since they claim to be Christians, we can and must judge their fruit. Just like we're supposed to judge our own fruit. We must judge the fruit. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 5, it says, Paul talking, listen to what Paul says here. He says, in verse 9, chapter 5, he says, I have written you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral, or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave this world. But now I am writing that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or a slanderer, a drunkard or a swindler. With such a man do not even eat. Now get this, what business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked man from among you. That's probably the most forgotten passage in the Bible, isn't it? It's called church discipline. And, and very few churches do this. It's not fun. It's hard to do. But, but this is how God teaches us to deal with someone who calls himself a Christian, but their actions go against Christianity. Once again, if they don't claim to be a Christian, it's no big deal. And if you're here saying you're not a Christian, you're just kind of seeking and, and searching, that's great. We, we all are at that place. We, we might for your seek and just kind of listen and hear. This is not for you. If you're not a Christian today, this is not for you. This is for those of us who claim to be Christians. That's what this warning from Jesus is all about. That's, what it's, that's who it's for. In these two candidates, we have the perfect, picture of false teaching and its effects on our country both claim to be Christians but both are products of false teaching once again wait till I get to the past both of them before you, you, you judge what I'm saying here first of all President Obama I warned everybody four years ago when he was ran the first time I said this man is not a Christian he is not a Christian even though he's claiming to be one I said he's not And four years later, we have seen now proof, the fruit, that he's the most biblically hostile president in the history of our country, ever. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about the fruit. I'm talking about not what he says. I'm not judging his heart. I'm talking about what he, the fruit of his life, his voting record on biblical issues is atrocious. Any area that he can vote against the Bible, he does it. That's why I said he's not a Christian, because he did the same thing when he was, before he was president when he was in politics. That's, how, that, that's what I was judging him on. Let's just take one issue, abortion. Just abortion. This is the same guy, the same guy who stands in Connecticut and, and, and sheds some tears and, and says how we must protect children. He has no problem with the killing of millions of children. Through, a, through murder by abortion. He has no problem with it. We've been following this story in Philly about abortion and what's been going on in Philadelphia, and horrible details, how they take the children out and they are breaking their necks and cutting their spinal cords, and, and everybody's f- shocked at what's going on and, and, and how horrible it is. But listen, this happens all over the country daily. This is one guy exposed. This happens and every abortion clinic out there. That's what's going on. It's, it's everywhere. That's this, this, what's going on. I had a friend who worked in a hospital. A friend of our family, my parents were saying they, the story she told them. And, and she was working in a hospital. I can't remember the, what she was doing, but she ended up on a floor where they were doing the abortions in a hospital. right? And, and she said at night when she would go in and start disinfecting, cleaning up, she said, I heard the sound of what sounded like mice crawling around. And she finally realized it was the babies that were left alive in the plastic bags. But it sounded like mice, and it haunted her so much she quit the job, she couldn't work in the hospital. This is happening all over the country. The same president who cried about these children who were shot, and we all cried about them, we were sad, but what about the millions? That he su- he supports their murder. This is happening everywhere in our country, and this is what's what's really said. This Philadelphia abortion doctor, if he had just left one toe in the in the in the birth canal, if he had just left one toe in there, he could have done what he did, and it would be no problem. It's called partial birth abortion. As long as you leave part of the baby in the, in the canal, you can kill that baby, do whatever you want. And what they do is far worse than what this guy did. That's it, right? They vacuum their brains out. Just leaving one toe. President Obama supports that. It's called partial birth abortion. He supports it. His, his voting record is 100% for z- abortion. No restrictions at all, ever. In his eight years of his presidency, he is going to be responsible for the murder of over 10 million babies. Do you understand that? With his approval. Now, that's just one of many anti-Christian positions that our president has. But I'm saying that because don't be fooled by what, when he uses and profanes the name of Jesus Christ. Don't be fooled by that. Don't listen to what he says. Look at the fruit the fruit, and I'm not. Don't I'm not surprised because as I warned you, he was mentored for twenty years by a false teacher. His false teacher was Reverend Wright, who's all wrong. And Reverend Wright, I looked at when I when President Obama when, when he was first running before he's president when he's running. I looked up Reverend Wright's teachings, and it was total antichrist, total anti-biblical teachings. And I warned. Remember, I warned. I said, "Listen, if he's been mentored by this guy for twenty years, this man is not a Christian because all of his positions are all Reverend Wright's positions. He pre- he preached a different Jesus and a different gospel, and in every anti-Christian view of fruit, I'm talking about that President Obama has, you can trace to Reverend Wright wrong. You can trace to him." Even the whole position on Israel. This you wonder why do why do the, the Israeli government they intercept that email, that secret email from an envoy, they call him the disaster? Why? Why isn't he supportive of Israel? Because Reverend Wright hates the nation of Israel. And he mentored him for 20 years. He's a false teacher, and the fruit of his false teaching is our president. But what really distresses me is the number of people who claim to be Christians who who voted for President Obama. 30% of the evangelicals in our country claim to be born-again evangelicals voted for him. Over 50% of the Roman Catholics voted for President Obama. That's called no discernment. First of all, it it scares me about their faith, what is real, but if they are Christian, that's called no discernment. And for the black church, it was even worse huge numbers in the black church voted for President Obama. I mean, it's like almost 100% the first time. The second time around, there were many courageous black pastors who stood up and said, you know what, we were fooled the first time, but now we see the fruit. And this man, they said this man is, there was some courageous black pastors who stood up and said, this man is not a Christian. You, as, as, as a black church, we cannot vote for this man. They were in the minority, but there were some courageous men, and they took a beating for it. But they they stood up. But they also said, no, can we not vote for Obama? but We can't vote for Romney either because he's a Mormon who's a racist. You know, the Mormon church is racist. How are we going to vote for him either? So we're just not going to vote. You know what? I can respect that. I can respect that. I can't respect someone who claims to be a Christian and votes anti-Christian, anti-Christ. I can't respect it. Now, for Mr. Romney, here we go. Just so you know, we're going to equal time here. He also claims to be a Christian, but let's look at the fruit of Mr. Romney. His voting record is for the most part biblical because a lot of the Mormon teachings are, go along with the Bible, so his voting record for the most part is biblical, but let's dig down to the fruit. Let's see what's at the core of the fruit. Mormonism has been sold by the media and even the Republican Party as just another Christian denomination just another Christian denomination. I know a lot of you talked to me about this. I'm not talking about people came to me with questions. They were good questions. People say, what is, is it really just a denomination? And and I was able to talk to you a lot about that. The media, though, and the Republican Party said it's just another Christian denomination. In fact, Paul Ryan, the vice president candidate, he said, Romney is as much as a Christian as I am. Hmm. That may be so. I was shocked at how many Christians bought the lie about the life for that because the mormon the mormon cult has beliefs that are totally anti-christian no one who is a mormon can possibly be a christian it's impossible and i'm going to tell you why there's a book in the back called, So What's the Difference? It talks about all the different cults versus the Bible teaching on what Christianity. Get a copy if you don't have a copy. It's called, So What's the Difference? We have them in the back there. But they have a different God. They do not pray. We do not all pray to the same God. Their God, they call Jehovah, but their God that they prayed to was once just like us. He was just a man. And he was such a good Mormon that he graduated into divinity and, and inherited his own planet. And he had all of his wives and he populated his planet by having sex with his his wives. And that's how we all got here through this this Jehovah guy out there. And and he just had his own planet. But any Mormon who's a good enough Mormon will someday, any man will get his own planet. And he will be populated his own planet and become a god of his own planet. Did you know that? And that's why they used to have a lot of wives when it was legal before they got a new revelation on that because the soldiers were showing up from the U.S. federal soldiers. And, and, and they, they, were, they were, had a lot of wives because that was how they're going to populate their planet more quickly. This is Mormon doctrine teaching, okay? They have a different Jesus. Our Bible says that Jesus, the one and only Son of God, But their God had many, many sons. In fact, Jesus and Lucifer were brothers. We call them Satan. Did you know they were brothers? And when when our planet rebelled against Jehovah, Adam and Eve sinned, God was trying to come up with a plan how to redeem the planet. And so Jesus came up with his plan, I'll die on the cross. And Satan came up with, Lucifer came up with his plan. And God said, I like Jesus' plan better. Sorry, he played favorites with Jesus. And so Lucifer got mad and turned on Jesus. And that's how all the trouble started on this planet. That's their teaching. It's a different Jesus. It's a different Bible. Yeah, they have this Bible that we use, but they have another one called the Book of Mormon. And wherever the the Book of Mormon is their real Bible, and wherever it doesn't contradict the Bible, this is okay as long as it doesn't contradict the Book of Mormon. But it's a different Bible, and it contradicts our Bible everywhere. It's a different gospel. Not only is it a different God, a different Jesus, a different Bible, it's a different gospel. It's a works salvation. They work their way into heaven. Faith is a tiny slice of the pie for them. It's all works It's a different gospel. And this gospel Joseph Smith received from an angel. An angel appeared to him and gave him special reading glasses and showed him how to read these hieroglyphics. And and he was given this this new revelation. This angel appeared several times and gave him this brand new revelation about what Christianity really was supposed to be. Galatians 1.8. If you don't know this one, memorize it. Galatians 1.8 says... But even if we, this is Paul speaking, even if we are an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. Where did he get that revelation? From an angel. What did Paul say? Even if an angel gives you a new revelation, a new gospel, let him be eternally condemned. Literally, when he says con- eternally condemned, let him go to hell. That's what Paul's saying. We've watered it down a little bit with the English, but he's saying they are going to hell. That's rough, isn't it? It's distressing, but what's really distressing to me is to see how many Christians who have been fooled by Mormons. I mean, these evangelical pastors, mega churches standing up, bringing Mormons and saying, these are our brothers in Christ. Accept them as brothers. I'm like, wow. What? And, and, and to see how those who spoke up were treated. Some pastors, during the primary, when some, certain pastors that were part of the Republican Party and the pastor were welcomed and they did benedictions, a few of them spoke up and said, they were courageous said, wait, hold on, it's okay if Ronnie's not a Christian, but he can still run for president, but don't, he shouldn't call himself a Christian because Mormonism's not Christian. It's okay if he's not a Christian, just don't call yourself one. I'm not saying the, pa- the president has to be a Christian. I'm saying if he calls himself a Christian, he better be one. That's all I'm saying. And, and a few pastors spoke up, and they were hammered and drummed out of the party. They were not welcome. And people who know better compromise on this. Mitt Romney met with Billy Graham just before the election. Now I love Billy Graham. I know many people became Christians through Billy Graham. My mom did. But Mitt Romney met with Billy Graham. And on Billy Graham's website, the B- Billy Graham Association website, there's a list of all the cults and wh- how they differ from Christianity. And Billy Mitt Romney meets with Billy Graham, and the next couple of days, Mormonism was removed from the cult list on the Billy Graham Association. And people picked up on that. And they said, you hypocrites. You're just a bunch of hypocrites. And they were right. Now, Billy Graham defended it by saying, listen, people are politicizing my list, and because of that I took it out because I don't want people to politicize it. No, stop. It would have been better if he had left that on and said, listen, people are attacking Mormonism because of my list, but listen, yes, it is a cult. He should have said that. It is a cult. But it's a lesser of two evils. Because he could have said it's still the lesser of two evils if you compare the two guys. Because although no mature Christian would vote for Obama, at least a a Christian could vote for Romney. I'm not saying they should, but you could, as the lesser of two evils. Because many of his positions at least don't contradict the Bible. So, although no mature no mature believer would vote for Obama, you could vote for Romney because of his positions. Some people say, wait, I voted for, uh, I, you know, people, people say, I voted for Obama. What are you trying to say? I'm saying you're not a mature believer. And if you're listening to the podcast, I'm saying it to you too. If someone says, I voted for Obama, right away I know either they're not a Christian or they're deceived, worldly carnal. And if someone says, I voted for Romney as the lesser of two evils, that's a mature, that's a mature response. You say, you know, I didn't want to vote for him, but it's the lesser of two evils. It's true. But those who said, well, he's a Christian too, that's an immature, worldly, carnal Christian. Now, having said all that, the real issue is not our president. It's us. The United States people elect the president. President Obama's not the problem. It's the American people. He's just a reflection of our society now. And it can all be traced back to false teaching thousands of pulpits across America are poisoning people with false teaching or they're letting them be poisoned by careful preaching they're not speaking the truth thousands are are being poisoned millions are being poisoned in fact I there's a book called how the this was from years ago how the Clinton clergy corrupted a president it says, by Moody Adams, it says, he was a bright young boy who walked a mile to church every Sunday until ministers turned him into a moral tragedy. And it's a very intriguing book. It shows how President Clinton, when he was a boy, really was seeking for God and went forward at a revival and, and Made a decision and commitment. But how his pastors... And he went to a, a Southern Baptist church. Southern Baptist is probably the most solid denomination in the years. But they, the Southern Baptists are having a battle with, with those who believe the Bible and those who don't. Pastors. And he got into one of the bad ones. His pastor in Arkansas was Do- Dr. Reverend W.O. Vaught. And, and this guy was one of the leading people fighting against biblical teaching in the Southern Baptist church. And President Clinton, when he was a president, went back to him, to this do- Dr. Reverend, and he, he asked him about abortion. He says here, Clinton held to a, a pro-choice argument, but when it was coming to that whole partial birth abortion thing I was talking about, and he had to make a decision, he was really troubled. And he came to his pastor, evangelical pastor, and he said, what does the Bible teach? And Vaught said, the meaning of of life and birth and personhood came from the Hebrew words, which means to breathe life into. He concluded that life does not begin until there is breath. Therefore, abortion cannot be murder. Because of this belief, Vaught became a crusader for women's right to abortion. Clinton accepted his interpretation and concluded there's nothing biblically wrong with abortion, not even with partial birth abortion, because those babies have not yet breathed. This happens millions and millions of times to millions of people. That's how false preaching. And God is going to judge our country. 50 million abortions, God is going to judge our country. He is already removing his hand of protection. We saw what? Two guys paralyzed the country. Two men, two young kids paralyzed Boston. Boston. Think of what, how God's hand of protection, if he removes it further, what could happen to the whole country? It's coming. There's either going to be revival or judgment. Revival or judgment. His hand is already starting to be removed. And we as Christians have better wake up. We better keep our eyes open. Do we have discernment? Do we have discernment? Or are we deceived in some way? Are we buying the lie in some way? Buying lies that go against God's word, against the Bible? Are we, are we buying that in some way? Is there fruit in our life? We're going to focus on that next week. Don't miss next week because it's building and, and it's all about the fruit in our life next week. But if we have the fruit of the Holy Spirit and we have discernment, we're going to recognize whether the fruit in other lives, in our presidents, in our leaders, in our pastors, in our Selves, we're going to recognize if that's real fruit or not real fruit. And I want to ask you this, leading up to next week: Are you really a Christian? Are you really a Christian? Because we are the USA is is producing many deceived Christians, many, because they've heard a message. The message is God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Take your free ticket to heaven. Anybody hear that sermon? <laughs> we were trained in it, right, Chuck? We're trained in that. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Here's your free ticket to heaven. Go have a good day. Now, it is true God loves us. Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God does love us. And he does have an awesome plan for our life. He has a plan for our life, but it's not a wonderful, easy plan. It's not all smooth sailing. That's why it's called a narrow road. It's a hard road, but the end result is awesome. The rewards are out of this world. But it's a hard road. We're called to a narrow road. And Christ died on the cross for us. And we're called to come to the cross and to take up our cross and follow him. That involves repentance. It involves repenting of our sins and putting our faith in Jesus. But on a daily basis, keeping our relationship clean. The repentance. It, we must also change our whole way of thinking. When you come to Christ, you, it's a surrender, and it's ch- changing our whole way of thinking. The Bible's way of thinking in the world are, couldn't be more diametrically opposed, and it involves a spiritual battle. We go from being a POW to in a war zone. When you become a Christian, it's not over. It's not smooth sailing. You have just joined a war. It's a spiritual battle battle are you really a christian romans 10 9 and 10 that if you confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved have you ever put your faith in jesus christ let's pray How is Jesus talking to us today? Our focus isn't on President Obama or Mitt Romney. That's just an illustration of something. Our focus is on our hearts. How is God talking to us today? These words of Jesus are for us today. How have we been deceived in some way? Bought the world's lie? Let our minds be squeezed by the world, instead of being transformed by the Word of God. How do we need to repent this morning? Maybe you're you You're not a Christian yet. Maybe you came in thinking you're a Christian, but now you're not so sure. That's good. God wants us to really look at our hearts and look at our lives. And maybe you're here today and you realize that you're really not a Christian. Or you're not sure of that. Make sure today. Don't walk out wondering. Make sure right now, today. Confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. But when we confess him as Lord, we're asking him to forgive our sins and take control of our lives. And we're believing that Jesus died on the cross for us. Make sure of that right now. Pray that prayer to God. Father, you know how hard it was for me to preach this today. But Lord, you know that we need to be ready ready for eternity. Like Robert was, ready for what our country is going to be facing if there's not a revival, for the judgment that's coming upon us. Ready for this, Lord. Ready for the persecution. Lord, I pray that we would be ready, that we would be discerning, that we would be maturing. That no matter how bad it is out there, Lord, that, this, that our church, New Hope Community Church, would be found faithful. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.